and now it's time for the next episode for you people out there because we're trying something on nmi two episodes a week like we're going to try and consistently give you two episodes a week people and we are talking reviews news other things we're working out people but of course if you knew from my last episode i today am joined by ferguson james how you guys doing hello everyone yeah, I'm doing well. Just as well as I was um, an hour and a half ago when we recorded the news. Yeah, pretty much so. Pretty much so. It's been it's been a very long evening. Honestly, it would have been hilarious if there was something breaking news that happened in that time frame between like going into these two episodes. Do to do another news segment? Oh God, no! So much news. <laughs> so much news in the last episode. So much news, people. Basically, people. Yeah, we were going to record the last episode on a Sunday, but because of the PlayStation Showcase and the Ubisoft Forward and the Nintendo Showcase, we were like, let's wait to record these episodes and then we'll do it. And then we could split up that way. Because the idea is, people, we're going to release an episode on a Tuesday and a Friday. So look forward to next Tuesday when you'll actually be getting a little, little uh, surprise here for you people. You're going to be getting the Cyberpunk Edge Runners uh, TV sh- Netflix TV show. I believe it is Edge Runners. Yeah, it is Edge Runners uh, TV show review. It'll be a review mm. and a spoiler discussion. Note, James most likely would not have seen the entire episode by this point, well, uh, the entire we'll series see, by that point. We'll see how, we'll how binge-worthy it turns out to be when I start watching it. I mean, that is fair. And also, we might be joined by some previous hosts, so we'll see how that goes, but we'll keep that done next week for you people out there. But yes, people, obviously we've done the news the, the news in our last episode, uh, so you got it's good to go check that out. But with these special episodes, we like to do the animated movie reviews. We like to give you... Uh, animated sorry animated shows i said i said movie reviews the animated shows it's late people here in the uk and uh, the animated shows the animated topics you know we give you those lovely topic episodes and this week we are doing what fergus we are doing best weapons in video games or personal favorites or personal favorites or just a chance to talk about video games i mean it's always it's always good to talk about the video games the video games but yes, obviously, you know, we've done all the intros people before. I think what we'll do is, though, um, we'll give you a little bit of the content details before we get into the main show. So as you've heard with the end of spiel of all of our episodes, before we get into the topics today, you know, all the lovely uh, weapons we're going to talk about, maybe you'd like to start writing an email to us ahead of time as you're listening to the show and you want to get your thoughts collected as you go through. And if you want to do that, you can go to our socials by searching at NMICast for Twitter and Instagram. You can also search NMICast for Linktree to find every listening platform we have, Spotify, iTunes, all the other ones out there, because we've got so many out there now. Listen.fm, I believe, is even one of them. Podbean people, we're on Podbean, so that helps with the uh, show. But also, if you want to actually get an, e- if you want to actually email us with any questions, queries, compliments, what's your favorite weapon of all time, something that you completely disagree with, something that we missed, feel free to email us at nmipodcast.outlook.com. That's nmipodcast.outlook.com. We definitely look forward to hearing what your favorite weapons to hack and slash in the world are, or maybe shoot, or maybe catch things, which we'll probably get into in a minute. But yeah, people, we are now going to roll into this episode quite quickly now for you all to actually dive into these lovely weapons. It, it, it won't be, this won't be a very long episode today. I say it always usually ends up being an hour. But right, people, what we're going to do is we are now going to roll into our main topic, which is our favorite video game weapons and today we're actually going to start with fergus so fergus 
Do you have any honorable mentions to start us off today, or do you only have your top five? I only have my top five. Uh, it took quite some thoughts to put these five together, to be honest. Um, but I don't think anyone will disagree with any of them. So shall I start with my number five? Not that they're in a, any particular order, because they're all classics. Well, all... I I technically have an honourable mention myself. I don't know if James does. I do not. You do not. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll go to my two honourable mentions, yep. which are for comedy effect and also what the fuck effect. So I actually wanted to mention this very briefly. So with the Discord people, we like to share our screens to actually show what's going on. My One of my, like honorable mentions is not a favorite weapon it's just something i have to talk about because they actually pulled it off and that is i can't believe i'm saying this on a podcast that is the penetrator people and i am talking about the saints row the third money shorted saints row four weapon the dildo weapon the baseball bat i'm sorry but the fact that they pulled off in a video game you can attack people with a dildo. It's a melee weapon with a meter-long dildo attached to the handle of a baseball bat mm-hmm. and the physics emulator, a jelly dildo when attacking or running. I'm sorry, but when I first saw this in a video game, I thought it was hilarious. I just had to put it as one of my honorable mentions, to be honest. I think this has caught on in other games as well, actually. You can get a similar sort of weapon in Cyberpunk. It was, probably, it was actually probably an inspiration, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I just... Quite... Yeah, I, again, like, I, I had to put it, I just for some reason, I had to put this in there because, like, yeah, and just looking at the wiki page, but, like, the good Dr. Skin is a reference to Dr. Manhattan's penis and Watchmen. I'm sorry, but, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Fergus is like, what the fuck, Nick? Come on, like... Uh, but to be fair, it is a weapon. It is a video game weapon. It's also one of the most random weapons ever actually put into a video game as well. So I definitely had to mention it in honorable mentions. My other honorable mention is the Pokeball. Now, when people think, oh, is that a weapon, though? Smash Brothers. Um, to, be, to be fair, based upon my list, I'm going to count it because I do realise that some, some, some of my entries, at least one of my entries... We'll see if you guys think it's a weapon or not. But I'm, so I'm going to allow it. So it's definitely a weapon in my. I mean, you, my entries alone. You have different grades of weapons. So you do have different grades of Pokeballs. You know, Pokeball, Master Ball, Ultra Ball, and also they carry monsters in them. So you know, to actually fight some, you know, and you catch people, you catch Pokemon with them. So it's a weapon to a degree. Like I actually see it as like that. And you have to, and also you have to go to a Pokeball Center to actually, you know, heal your Pokemon. So it's like you know sharp you know recovering your weapon making sure your weapon health is correct mm. i actually class as weapon i think I it's see, actually a really good weapon i see the logic yeah. yeah yeah but those are my two honorable mentions so we're gonna actually jump back to Fergus now well for his uh his first favorite weapon first favorite weapon um this might age me somewhat um but this will be the holy hand grenade from the worms series anyone play worms no, um, I definitely, I, I definitely have nothing from Worms on my list. Do you not? I, I am shocked. Uh, this is the Team Seventeen series. I'm very um, shocked. You can't detect sarcasm. No, I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about more worms later. Um, but of course, that's that's a line. That's a line right there. We'll talk about more worms later. <laughs> Good old Worms. Worms is a good game. There's a there's quite a wide variety of good weapons in there, to be honest. Um, but of course, the Holy Hand Grenade is kind of like the king of them all. I mean, it even sings Hallelujah at you before being the most powerful grenade in the game. I think I'm pretty right in saying. My early days playing Worms, we all feared the Holy Hand Grenade. Um, it's definitely made an impression. And 
far as I'm aware, has been in most Worms games since the original uh, Worms the Director's Cut. Oh, absence in Worms Forts, Open Warfare, and A Space Odyssey. Um, but I think those were the niche titles. Fair Anyone play. else? Yeah. I so I I played Worms growing up. I knew of it, but it wasn't it wasn't hugely my uh, my game series to be honest. Mm. So I yeah. wasn't hugely into it. So took it's my entry now. Before yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah. I'm about to move on to my Worms entry. So. A weapon is anything essentially which you can use in order to cause damage or harm, I suppose. So, I mean, you, you'd imagine like a fist, just just your fist could be a weapon, just your straight melee, just punching someone, that could be a weapon. And so, in my opinion, also just a single digit on your on, no, on, on your no. finger, just a single poke or a single prod can yeah, be a weapon in the right hands. I'm talking about worms, I am talking about prod. Uh, it is so, and it is so satisfying. I know it's not. I know it's a bit harm definition, but it is just so satisfying when you use it because it's literally the most. It does no damage at all, and you have to be a lot more skilled or be in the right place. But it's just so satisfying when you just you're in the right place on the worms map and you just poke someone and move a couple of inches off the screen and 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 and, and fall to their um, fall to death essentially. Yeah, and it's uh, very satisfying to use. Yeah, no, I, I, I do remember using this on many occasion. Um, it is worth caveating that falling into water, falling off the map, or falling large distances, or falling into explosives causes catastrophic mm. health damage. So the fact that the prod doesn't cause, the, well, maybe one HP, but the fact it moves you, I think, is the key with this weapon. Um, I mean, there is the one-inch punch, so... Yes, yes. I mean, so, I was going to say it's definitely a very moving weapon if you're the one who it's been uh, used against, because you will cry if you go if you lose the game uh, this way. Yeah, it's weirdly annoying like that because it's not like it's not like uh, you would understand if you died in an explosion as a worm, but yeah, being slightly prodded off a cliff into large quantities of explosives and then into the sea would just be like just. Draw out that pain, really. <laughs> I mean, I love the fact that both of you have been like, we're going to talk about worms. We're going to talk about worms. Those are our number five video games. And I'm like, fuck that shit. Let's get into the big boys. I'm talking about the big friendly giant. No, fuck that. Scratch that, people. I am talking about the BFG from uh... the Doom series. That big fucking gun. Like, ah, oh my God. This weapon is like... Holy, holy shit, it is badass as fuck, it's dangerous as fuck, and I love the fact that Doom, uh, Doom Eternal, um, they have the BFG 10,000, not just the BFG 9,000. Again, like, you know, they, they even put this in the uh, the movie, like, well, and the unfortunate movie that came out, which still had a good sequence, but, like, I've, I've played the Doom games, I can't really say too much about this game, I just, all, all I know is, it is two shots, like you, you could pretty much get off. You could kill pretty much every enemy, other than like the big, big super enemies in a room, and or it could take up a ton of a ton of armor. But it's classed as an argent type plasma weapon, uh, semi-automatic. And again, like when I first saw this in like Doom Three, and I picked it up, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty awesome." And then I fired it. I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then when the music kicks in as well, like the I was like, yeah, I'm 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 just in. I'm fully in with this. Yeah. Um it is a good weapon. It's um 
Not the most commonly used of weapons, but it makes an impact. And I mean, getting literally. ammo for it is hard. Mm. It is certainly very satisfying. You can clear out, defeat so many enemies in just one hit. Yeah, if you're surrounded by an absolute mega horde, it is it is the one for sure. It's, unless you fight marauders, and like I, I try to save this weapon for the marauders because fuck the marauders in Doom Eternal. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. hate the marauders so much. Well, these oh, guys with the shield and the axe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, so hard. So hard. I was just like, and then and there was like I had to fought one, and I was like, oh my God, it's so difficult. And then the free appeared. I'm like, oh no, I don't want this anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be uh, able to move at the speed of light to be able to, you know, defeat them. And as I was saying, I was like, you know, I was trying to like, you know, make sure I had this weapon ready on hand and make sure I could fire and hit them well enough with it. But Jesus, still Christ, it was, it was terrible. Mm. Yeah, that's that's my number five. So we're going to flip it back round now to Fergus's number four. Continuing with Doom, uh, oh, I... Okay didn't pick the uh, BFG because I, to be honest, I fairly rarely used it because I kept running out of ammo and the situation was never quite right. So I picked the um, double barrel shotgun. I guess also there's also the pump action shotgun, but I think the double barrel shotgun from Doom, the Doom series in general is more iconic. Um, Yeah. Was it Doom 2016, the modern reboot? It also has a grapple chain, which really adds to the gameplay. It is so good. It is so good. Um so it's um more of a commonly more of a common garden uh weapon. So ammo is plentiful. You, if you get close to an enemy you can pretty much blast what is directly in front of you. Run out reasonably quickly. Or use now use the grapple hook to run away. Or set people on fire, I think, with one of the um updates for the um skill tree thing. Yeah, absolutely a classic weapon. Uh, Doom in general is a classic ser- another classic series for very memorable weapons, I think. I think we could have named most weapons from the Doom series. and um... People would have loved them in general. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, the shotgun is definitely synonymous with Doom Guy, like, just in general. Because obviously, because you're in such close quarters combat a lot of the time, and you, it's so fast-paced, the shotgun is the best weapon, or one of the best weapons in that game. Just from a basic level. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, if it wasn't, your overall experience would suffer massively. Oh, yeah, definitely agreed. Definitely agreed. But yeah, awesome sauce. So keeping in the Doom realm. Are we keeping in the Doom realm, uh, James, or are we going somewhere else? So keeping it in the realm of really good you know, first-person shooters, which have um, really interesting weapons. Uh, and also just a note here, I I'm, I'm like to reward weapons which are interesting doing something different doing something unique just kind of like where my list has, has been not necessarily most powerful at all but um very very unique and potentially quite rewarding to use so i've gone for another classic but it's not doom but it is the original half-life mm. so there are quite a lot of unique weapons in half-life but i'm going to go with the snark just because as i say just its uniqueness i thought was kind of genius but these little creatures you can pick up uh, towards much later in, in the game, and you set them loose, and they'll run after enemies, start attacking them, and they'll explode. Although, um, you have to be careful, because if there's no enemies in sight, they will come uh, around and attack you and, 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 and explode in your face instead. So there's a bit of tactics involved when using them. 
God, I don't remember that. I really don't remember these grenades. Quite near the end, for quite near the end of the end of the first half. That's probably why. Then I, I don't think I ever actually completed the first Half-Life game. Yeah, it's quite long. Uh, I, I I did back in the day, uh, but certainly some 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 of the really more interesting weapons uh, have happened uh, second half of the game. So uh, but yeah, it's a shame these never. I, I don't think these ever came back in the Half-Life Two or episodes. Uh, it's a bit of a shame. Because I, 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 again, I just like them for their uniqueness. Maybe, maybe we'll get them back in the future. You never know if I, because Valve have said they've got multiple games supposedly in development. So Half Life Three, yeah, 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 definitely. Where you, where you play as Stark? Yes. Oh yeah. That 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 would be such a yeah. great role. Ah. Starky Freeman. That 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 would, Snarky Freeman. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, awesome sauce. Right, we are now going across to my uh, next um, uh, game weapon which is the Dagger of Time from uh, Linked to the Sands of Time, uh, Prince of Persia series, and the Two Thrones. So, obviously, you know, uh, this uh, game uh, it gives the user the ability to reverse, stop, slow, and has other time-related powers and can also harm and recapture sand creatures. For, uh, you know, again, like, I just thought, like, when I first played this game, it was a really, really, really unique feature to be able to, like, stop time and slow time down and, like, manipulate the environment to it. And, like, just having a dagger which could have that powerful ability, I'm still hoping, still hoping that the um that the video game, you know, the remake that's coming out eventually does well because I, I would really love to play, you know, Sands of Time again in a modern setting, or not in a modern setting, but in a remake setting, like, really updated because I think... The original is probably quite dated now, to be honest. Probably mm. still fun to play, but yeah, I just, I just loved, loved the design of this weapon. Like the sand is in the hilt, and how like the powers within it. I just, I just thought it was an, a, a beautiful design, and I think this is why I had to put it above the VFU because it had, a, had a really unique design to it and a really unique feel, and it was a really unique game mechanic for the Prince of Persia series. So that is my number four. So we're going to hand over to our number threes now. So Fergus, what is your number three? At number three is the iconic Tomb Raider handgun, uh, specifically the dual-wielding handguns from the original series. Um, Shooting those dinosaurs. Shooting those dinosaurs. Um, To be honest, when it first came out in, say, Tomb Raider 1996, so I must have been maybe seven or eight when I was playing this. Uh, mainly just wandering around shooting walls with guns, but I mean, like, <laughs> even that was quite entertaining as an um, eight-year-old. Um, your butler in the freezer. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, 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 all that, all that. Um, but yeah, just a, just a really iconic weapon. Um, so I don't know if I ever actually used it for its actual intended purpose, but as a notable thing to, I'll say, give it. Give Lara Carrot. I don't know if that's really right. I like just yeah has come through video game history as a like a iconic symbol. I don't know. I don't know how you would describe it properly. Really, like it's synonymous with the character. Yeah, like, absolutely. In, in in video game history, when you look at Lara Croft, there's only one web set of weapons that you you associate you you literally associate with her. And also, when it comes to video game character history, you have you know certain characters who have like. Like Kratos has the Blades of Chaos, and um, uh, who else can we talk about? Zelda has the uh, Master Sword. If you think about uh, Lara Croft, what's the first weapons you think of? Dual pistols. Again, exactly. I'm, I'm literally not aware of any other weapon that she uses in the entire game series. I, I mean, played a lot of them. 
bows, um, machine guns. Like bow. I think I think when it comes to the reboots, yeah, it was I've more played, like the bows. Yeah, I've not played any any. I think I own some of the reboots, but I've never played them. <laughs> oh, highly recommend it. So good. Um, also, like the fact it's so synonymous with her, the fact that at the end of, I don't care about spoilers for this people. Like the last two made a film ends with her getting the two iconic handguns at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, disappointing yeah. adaptation. The handguns are a character in themselves, which is quite impressive for a weapon. I think. Yeah, I definitely think when a weapon itself can be, as you said, a character in a series to have its own identity. Like, you know, the BF you know, the BFG from Doom or the shotgun from Doom or like, you know, the holy hand grenade from Worms. If you I bet a lot of people play Worms remain at a grenade, they would remember like Max Payne as well. when it comes to Max Payne mm. and he has like the handgun in slow in bullet time and everything, it's yeah. the same thing there. It's just the the iconic thing for the series. Yeah, no, absolutely. And of course Tomb Raider is such an iconic long running series with multiple films and the first proper female video game heroine as well, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Tomb Raider. Excellent, awesome. So, right, we are now going to run across to James's number three. Cool, we are indeed, and we're going going to the realms of Skyrim. So, no more modern shooty shooty weapons, but we are instead going for rather again for another unique weapon, which you can get from one of the Diedrich princes in Skyrim, and it is the Wapperjack. This is a unique weapon from, oh, it's the Manish Yogarath, if I remember correctly. That's one, yeah, so it's, it's right in front of me. And it's a very kind of like, it's, it's a very unique weapon. It's very ex- experimental and random, uh, chaotic weapon. Um, you attack, you use it to attack um, anybody you want, and it will have an unpredictable effect on it. You don't really know what it's going to do. It might buff the enemy, or it might give it some kind of um, negative effect so i'm looking through look, looking looking through the wiki to uh, remind myself but i know it's got some very very interesting effects have you guys um played skyrim are you i mean you i played skyrim it's, it's been a yeah. while now i don't particularly remember this weapon um mind you, you i was very hack and sl- i was very hack and slashy to be fair in yeah. skyrim mm. you, you get it off completely sugar ass um main quest is this the guy who's the Deirdre prince of madness who is in indeed. Oblivion. Yeah, I remember his yeah. Oblivion mission. Um, well, and, and, Obliv- and Oblivion had a whole DLC uh, dedicated to Shagraf, and that was really, really yeah, good. That's probably, that's probably actually one of my favourite um, Elder Scrolls games, is just that DLC pack for Oblivion. I do remember it being good. Um, this character has definitely come up with a nuts weapon. Um, oh, yes. Does it transport transform people into bunny rabbits by any chance? That might have been I a think, mod I saw. I'm not sure. I've got a thing it might do. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Anyways, it's, it's, it's a unique. Um, it's, it's a unique weapon, and it has random effects, and it's just like random, random. It's unpredictable quality, which makes it really interesting and unique. Mm. Fair enough. Then, like Check a random, out. random weapon, and it's just perfect for this podcast. To be honest. My God, the yeah, just because we're just uh, basically we might we might put like a screenshot up of the effects. People like Fireball, Thunderbolt, Frost Rune, Ice Spike, uh, summon effects such as Mud Crabs, De- Deirdre's Rabbits, <laughs> a target explodes and scattered gold and pitchforks and like honestly, um, this is this is a very like reading the effects here. This is an extremely random weapon to say the least. Replaces oh, oh, enemies with fatter amounts of cheese. Oh, oh mate. <sighs> 
that's my that would be my favorite effect. Chains play the uh, play the Wallace play the Wallace sound effect as as you attack them when they turn into chains. I'm sure there's a mod that will do that. Oh yeah, very definitely. But anything more to say about the uh, Wabberjack James? That is, I think I've wabbered on a lot enough. All right then. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama. A Spy's Tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Right, moving on to my number three. So my number three is I'm trying to like, you know, find unique weapons like in video games. So like how I mentioned the Pokeball before and the the, the Penetrator, uh, <laughs> which I feel really awkward saying out loud. <laughs> but um, honestly, like when it comes to it, my next weapon is the hidden blade from the assassin's creed series mm. it is a um it looks like a very again like i think this is an extremely unique weapon in the sense that like when it comes to these game when it comes to the came to this game um i never expected this this type of weapon to be there because in the and i, lo- I love the design of this weapon because it required the assassin to cut off originally cut off their fourth finger to be able to be able to use it so Basically, to attack an enemy, the blade would go where the forefinger used to be. Lovely design. I also love the fact, you know, people could just use knives when they assassinated somebody. Uh, they assassinate, nah, I want a permanent knife on my wrist where I could just kill people anytime I want. And I also love, you know, I, I love in the game, I believe there is a sequence in the game where they use the hidden blade and he accidentally cuts his own finger off. So when he actually had, so obviously that's how they bring the actual thing about, of like, you know, having that and i thought it was just like um a video and it's, it's, it's cemented in the assassin's brotherhood and how like you know I, again like how awesome this was and I, I don't know i just i just love this design i think for a weapon in a video game to not you know use wet bows or and you have to get very close to your enemy to use it um obviously in further titles the hidden blade would be upgraded to have unique features in in itself um like poison dart launcher, hidden bolts, two prong blades, shock blades. You know how how this how this updated, and obviously in certain games as well, you weren't even an assassin, but you just kept the weapon on you, so it updated the design, so you didn't need to remove your finger anymore. But I just think this is a very unique weapon in the video game in, in uh, video game history. I would say industry, but mm. history. And I'm really looking forward to seeing um, how the next titles adapt even further. So obviously we spoke about in the news episode about how we have um, China, Japan, and the Hexi era. I'm wondering with the poison darts that could happen, maybe you could like cause hallucinations with the uh, hidden blade going going forward, or you could put maybe if if let let's say Assassin's Creed goes in a mystical way, you could put curses by shooting something from a hidden blade. Like, you know, not having a wand, essentially. Your hidden blade is your weapon in that game. Like, instead of you fighting with... You could fight with swords still, but your hidden blade is more... Uh, has more unique properties, which would be a really interesting design, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very, very flexible weapon. But, of course, again, very iconic to the Assassin's Creed game series. Yeah, um, and 
and again, you know, it definitely counts with the free running as well. Being able to leap off buildings and just stab someone through the neck very quickly and then walk away. Yeah, yeah, it, it fits with the whole tone and the whole pacing of the game. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Right, we are now flipping over to our number twos. Our number twos, people. So, Fergus, what else would be a number two? This is the rubber duck from Hitman. Um, this is a range of explosive weapons that you can get uh, as disguised as rubber ducks. So, for example, you could get the proximity explosive rubber duck, the remote concussion rubber duck. Um, it's, it's, say, it's, it's a funny way of um, hiding your... Just, say, hiding explosives. Uh, the whole game's about stealth and dressing up as things and hiding in bushes to quietly assassinate people without them knowing. Um, but it also has quite a streak of sense of humour, this game. Uh, like, you can do the missions dressed as a flamingo or a clown, or I think the rubber ducks kind of lends itself into the humour of the game's series, which I think is quite iconic, but I'm quite a big fan of the Hitman series. Um, it's also kind of funny to then sort of blow someone off a cliff to get that assassination with a rubber duck. Yeah, so it's a unique weapon. I, I, I do like the Hitman series, but I've only played... To be fair, Blood Money to One, which I've uh, fully completed. And I, I played a bit of Hitman 1, but I didn't play enough for it. Although I am, I am a fan of those games. I do think they're fantastic. I've only played... I've, I've played Blood Money and I've played Hitman 2 back in the day. I remember specifically really only majorly playing the Villa, mich- the Villa mission that they did, at the, like, the demo that they released and everything. Definitely mm. played Hitman 3. I don't think I ever completed it because I... I don't know. It was just one of those game series I, I tried to get into quite a bit, but I just couldn't. Yeah, you've kind of got to pick up the knack for it, I think. It took me a while to get into it. I, I did play Blood Money, but didn't get into it at that point. It's only when the reboots came along that I'd like really... Hitman 1, the reboot, is really good. Hitman 2 is a continuation of really good. Hitman 3's okay, but maybe I over-Hitmaned myself in quite short succession. Maybe It's going to be very interesting when they do the James Bond game. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very different. I, well, I say, assuming hmm, his Bond going to be more stealthy. Than it'd probably be. Well, it'd film. be definitely more gadgets, though. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. You've got a point. Uh, Bond's going to have a rubber duck or something. <laughs> I mean, would not or surprise similar. me. Would or not similar. surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. No, that will be an interesting game. I am looking forward to some trailers from that. Um, and so they are, are continuing to heavily update the Hitman series, even as it's uh, a couple of years after the launch of Hitman 3. They're still producing unique missions that you can go back and do. Not that I have. I could at any point, but I've chosen not to, because I said I burnt myself out. But if you want to dress up as a clown or a flamingo and throw rubber explosive rubber ducks at people, Hitman is the game for you. Cool. So on to my number four, number two, number two, fourth entry, but the second in terms of going up to the number one. And in the words of Sam Stone, woohoo, let's go bowling. I'm not even going to try and do his voice. I can't do impressions. Anyway, so it's the cannon. It's a cannon from Serious Sam. So fantastic weapon where you basically, you just, just, Massive, just you're just carrying a massive cannon. You find uh, cannonballs, and see some games. You just have an absolute mass of different types of enemies just 
uh, rushing you at the same time. It's absolutely manically insane. But a cannonball, you can actually take out multiple enemies at once, and it is it, it does feel like bowling, essentially, but with massive cannons. So it's very 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 satisfying and requires some um, a little bit of tactics on on on, on a fly. You try to line up the shots. Yeah. What about a seven ten split? How does that work out in the game? Uh, as a terror, terror, terror. Oh, right. Sorry. Yes. No, 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 no. Sorry. I did, I, I did get you. I didn't quite know how to, how to, how to apply to that. <laughs> Just goes to show people we definitely do these recordings on the fly. So I will be keeping that edit in for all the pause and the hilarious effect out there. But yeah, so, no, excellent. Right. So rolling on to my number two, it is obviously we mentioned this earlier. It is the Master Sword from the Legend of Zelda series. Or as it's also known as uh, the Blade of Evil's Bane, the Legendary Sword, the Sword of Legend, the Master Sword of Resurrection, the Sword mm-hmm. that Seals the Darkness, this, and the Sacred Sword. This, I'm presuming Fergus is going to be talking about this as well. Yes, so this will be my number we'll, one. So we'll um, save this for the number one slot in a minute then. So basically, um, it seems that, oh, oh no, wait, we're going to be doing a crossover now. So that's good then. We can have a little crossover conversation with this. So Absolutely. Yeah, looking at this weapon, um, I was looking at the uh, the recent uh, Tears of the Kingdom trailer that came yeah. out yesterday, and the Master Sword is broken. Mm. You've got to re- repair the Master Sword. In which way is it broken? So looking at the weapon itself, it, the blade is literally um, broken. Oh, right, I see. Yeah. Oh wow. Right. Okay. So you got to. Um, I feel this has kind of like. Um, do you remember the great sword from um, God? What was it? Uh, Ocarina of Time. Uh, yes. Break lots, and you have to go and repair it. Uh, maybe it's not quite the same, but I'm hoping they get rid of that feature in this game. I'm not gonna lie. I hate. I hate. Hate durability on weapons. Yeah, it's been quite a big feature of um, weapons in the. Zelda series fairly recently. I know Breath of the Wild, a lot of the weapons were I don't know. durable. So I, I've played Ocarina of Time, the majority of it. I started playing Skyward Sword, but Breath of the Wild was my like first ever Zelda game I actually completed. And mm. I think um like when I finally got the Master Sword after going into the forest and you know having having, having to collect all the because I believe it was the case you had to collect all the hearts that you pull the sword out. Um and then finally again and then being able to shoot the wet shoot light from the sword at enemies i thought was great i just i just love the fact that like this this weapon has been around since the 80s and it's so synonymous with video game history that the only reason the weapon above this on my number one is because of just like a game series i'm loving at the moment but the reason Mm. i put this as my number two is just because the fact that it has such a huge history of video games like 1986 or 19 it's it's between 1984 and 1986 where the first zelda game came out uh, the Legend of Zelda, and again, like you know, I, I, I just lo- I love the design of the love, love. So it was um 1986 in Japan, 1987 and and uh, the uh, US. Um, and I just I love the design of the sword. I think if they ever do an animated series, which I'm mm. with Nintendo buying this animation studio, I'm guaranteeing we're getting something Zelda related. Yeah, like I'm them. Shows. The issue is though, again, Link doesn't talk, so. How does that work? Do you finally have him speak? Or like like with Master Chief in Halo is seeing his face finally, do you give Link a, a voice? I don't see that happening. Um Nintendo are a lot more protective of their IPs than I guess Microsoft are. They could pull and... a little mermaid 
and have her voice stolen. So um, you, maybe you, you you're asking you want them to pull a little mermaid. I mean, in the little mermaid, she has her voice stolen. So and you know that could be a that could be a, like or maybe his voice is damaged in a fight. Like that's the only way I could see them getting around not having him speak or like or a vow of silence. I don't know. It, it could be the vow of silence thing, to be honest. If he's a like sacred protector warrior type thing, that's not particularly fetched. Um, but again, like this, uh, I'll, I'll give it to you, Fergus. This is your number one. So, what else do you have to say about the Master Sword Man? Uh, appears in eleven mainstay Zelda games. Eleven. Um, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time. I, it just goes on and on and on. And because it's so iconic, it appears as a usable weapon and set decoration in a large number of other Nintendo properties. Super Smash Bros., for example, um, Soul Calibur, um, Mario Kart 8. Um, as a item you can jump over and interact with in one of the um, maps. Uh, Hyrule Warriors, of course. Um, I mean... Oh, according to this, you can get it in Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Hold on, I have to click on this. Uh, non-canon information. I think someone modded the um, modded it into Skyrim. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, I mean, it is again similar to the. Um... Oh no, no, it is actually in Skyrim, but it is exclusive to the Nintendo Switch for Nintendo Switch version. Oh. And so I've obtained in... by scanning an amiibo or finding it in a treasure uh, chest near Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I actually own the latest Link amiibo. Um, useful amiibo, given the, all that extra content. So Nintendo added their own private mod, <laughs> basically. Um, Smart yeah. move. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, platform exclusivity, and it makes sense, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's got to a similar sort of level as uh, the Tomb Raider double handgun. I'd say it's I'd say it's higher than the Tomb Raider handguns. To be honest, I'd say this is like you think Zelda, you think the you think the Master Sword and him raising it to the Triforce like above above his head. So kind of like he Link is not always using the Master Sword. The Master Sword it quite often is something you earn uh, in the games. Um, like Ocarina of Time, you have to get past the Child Link phase before you even start to use it. Um, Breath of the Wild, it's still stuck in a stone. You don't use it for unless you've basically completed the game, as far as I remember. Um, yeah, I believe you have to have like believe fifteen to eighteen hearts. Yeah, I don't think I got that far. Um, we're just saying something. Um, you so- need thirteen hearts. Yeah. Yeah, I say I played a lot of these games. Um, I think the only one I've come close to completing is Ocarina of Time. Um, but as I say, the Master Sword's not a throughout Link is inseparable from weapon. It's kind of more something you achieve by, you know, it's a goal that you get to. And it is, again, it's more satisfying because you've achieved the Master Sword and now you can Master Sword everyone and it's the one weapon that doesn't break, or maybe it does by the new trailers but yeah um i'm sure most people have encountered this weapon sometime in their gaming history and um remember it fondly so yeah that was my number two and fergus's number one so i guess we can uh, mm. literally roll over to james's number one favorite video game weapon of all time mr james take it away 
We talked about Half-Life 1, and now we're going to talk about Half-Life 2. So what, with what I think is probably one of the most inventive weapons of all time. It's both a tool, and it can both be used as a weapon. Oh, I, I think I know what it is, yeah. It is the gravity gun. So you can pick up you can pick up weapons that are, you can pick up like objects at a distance with them, like crates or razor blades, and you can fire back at speed, uh, which is re- which is really useful. So, for example, one of the classic things which they showed in the trailer back in the day, um, the section of the game where it's full of head crabs, which are these little kind of like uh, face hugger type of enemies which jump on people's faces and then turn them into zombies. You can use a gravity gun to pick up a razor blade, and if you don't get it, don't fire it at them correctly. You can literally um, kill the zombie but keep the head crab that zombie person, yeah, uh, zombie's face alive, and then the giant head crab will jump off it. Uh, but it is just such an inventive weapon. Again, like I think with the gravity gun, I think this definitely was um, Valve testing. You know how far can they push their weapons? Because obviously. The weapon I was thinking you might have mentioned, but obviously, you know, you're a big Half-Life fan. I thought you were going to talk about the portal gun. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as a weapon per se. Hmm, interesting. That's, that's I portal actually would. Not I would. But uh-huh. it's, it's, it's more Valve. And I think, like, I think the gravity gun, because I, I think the gravity gun is a precursor to the portal gun. Like, I think, you know, testing testing the physics abilities of the gravity gun to shift over to the portal gun because I I, I, well, I do disagree. Like I do think the portal gun's a weapon because you can use it as a as a, as a weapon, use it to enact a- actions. Yeah, but you mean you are, uh, if I used it in a, if it was used outside of the portal games, I'm not played half life Alex, but I assume it's not. Then there's nothing really anything to actually a- attack, use it to attack it with. So that's what I'm going to say. It's not a weapon purely because there's not a game that I'm aware of where you can use the portal gun to actually inflict harm on another. We've heard of people, if you think it's a weapon, come at us. Mr. James is telling you it is not a weapon. Come at us. <laughs> but no, again, like, you know, I, I loved playing Half-Life 2. Um, loved it when you got, when, uh, loved it when I got this weapon in the second one. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a brilliant weapon. I know my little brother here used to play the... Um, Gary's mod a lot and loved using uh, the gravity gun in the uh, in Gary's mod and just just having a mess around with it. And it's, uh, to be honest, with you, this is a great this is a great weapon at number one. So yeah, that's an awesome number one, James. Right, moving on to my final number one on our top favorite video games list. So we spoke about the Master Sword and I spoke about how before mine was more of a nostalgic factor, recent nostalgic factor. And we recently talked about this video game in our news episode. We are talking about the good old leviathan axe from god of war and god of war ragnarok i think like the fact that this weapon has a narrative behind it so the weapon was crafted um by the two brothers who actually crafted mjolnir as well um i love the fact it was a gift to um it was a gift to kratos and the fact that like this has ice abilities compared to the blades of chaos which were fire um, I love the fact that this had Mjolnir's capabilities of being thrown and caught, caught back. Um, I don't know. I just, I just think this is such a powerful weapon in the game that to go from God of War, a triple game series that came out and he had the Blades of Chaos to inventing an entirely new weapon. Go watch the God of War documentary, people. Um, it's like an hour and a half documentary of the actual creation, like the actual design behind this weapon. Because I think watching that documentary gave me a huge appreciation for this weapon as well. So I think like... And also, 
this game like gave you the upgrade ability of upgrading the weapon like you could upgrade the the pummel the uh the, the you know and all the skills that came with it and like the narrative behind it and i don't know i just um i think also like you know how the blade was upgraded with the senior of the brothers and you know I don't know. I just, I just think, I just, I just love this weapon. I think it could, it could be the nostalgia factor of like playing this game. Looking forward to Ragnarok coming out in November at the time of this recording. This, or, or it's September at the moment. I was almost at August then. But I don't know. I just love, love the design of this weapon. And I think like, I don't know. It, it just has such a, such a powerful feel for me. Powerful feel. Um, and obviously, you know, Leviathan is based on a sea monster. <clears throat> from the bible but also it's similar to yomanganda i hope i pronounced it correctly <coughs> but again i think again to go from blades that you throw on chains to having a melee combat axe that you could throw with a completely different um variant of like element i thought was very visually appealing and obviously later in the game you find out you know the blades of chaos coming back and this is why i still guarantee you are going to use mjolnir in god of war ragnarok because this is ice You've got fire and it's lightning. I, I can guarantee that you will use Mjolnir in God of War Ragnarok. Don't know how yet. Maybe it won't be Kratos. Maybe it'll be, um, maybe it'll be Atreus. I won't spoil that, but play God of War. You'll find out why I say that. Again, this is my number one video game of all time. People are probably definitely going to disagree with me on this, but I just, I love the visual design. Go watch the documentary to see how they did the design for this because it's really, really great how they... They spent the time actually designing this weapon after the Blades of Chaos from the God of War trilogy that came before it. And this is why I think I play as my number one. So that is my number one video game of all time. A video game weapon of all time, sorry. So yes. Cool. I've not played the game, so I can't comment. I'm sure it's a very lovely axe. <laughs> just, they're just quoting Gimli, and my axe. Uh, yeah, no, um, honestly, it really is, to be honest. It's, it's, it's a beautiful weapon. Go check out the documentary, people. But yeah, that is it, people. We've done it. We've done an episode under an hour, people. Oh, my God. Okay, it's 51 minutes, but it still counts under an hour, people. So that's what I'm trying to say. And you've got two episodes this week. You've got two episodes in a short amount of time. So you've got all that lovely content. But um, ran for our favorites. We've gone from penetrators to, like, you know, to hidden blades to holy hand grenades to wabba, 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 jacks. wabba jacks to... What else have we had, Fergus? What other weapons have we had? We have had... I've just closed my tabs. Oh, weapons. and he's closed his tabs, people. <laughs> he's closed his tabs. We had, listen, we, had the, we had the rubber duck. We did. We have, listen, we've had... Listen to the episode for more. <laughs> exactly. We've had shotguns. We've had, like, so many different weapons, people. And so such a, and such a good variety of weapons as well, which is really good, to be honest. Mm. Uh, definitely, definitely putting the pressure on people out there to come up with a better weapon. Haha, <laughs> gravity gun joke. But yes, people, that is it. That is the end of the episode. We are now into the outro, people. We are now for the lovely outro. So if you want to get in contact with any questions, queries, compliments, if you want to attack us with your favorite video game weapons of what you feel should have been in our top five, your top five, or many any honorable mentions you want to throw our way, Feel free to do that at nmipodcasteroutlook.com. That's nmipodcasteroutlook.com. Find our uh, socials at nmicast on Twitter and Instagram or Linktree. So you can listen on all the listening platforms there. Uh, again, the YouTube animated versions are coming out nice and well now. You can actually see Mjolnir on my desk at the moment. Maybe I'll change that for the Viphon Axe and maybe I'll put that in the background of the episode. Maybe I'll put in a pixel version of the... um, Or maybe I have put a pixel version because <laughs> you're listening to this end. Maybe I have put a pixel version in of our favorite weapons. Maybe a sneaky little rubber duck you may have noticed in uh, Fergus's window 
or maybe a staff that appears just in the corner of uh, James's window, possibly. Who knows if I have the time? Possibly, hopefully, they'll go into the would have gone into the episode. But yes, people, I've been your host, Nate. Again, contact us at, NMI, at nmipodcast.outlook.com, at nmicast for all our socials. I want to thank Ferguson James for joining me again today. Thank you for having yep. me once again. And, yep, definitely cheers, look, and definitely look forward to coming back next week for the review for Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the Netflix anime series, where all of us and a possible additional host will be coming on as well. So you stay safe, everyone. We will see you next time on NMI when you need what info. Stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.